We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This particular half hour is so important to me. As I said before we went to break, Dr. David Schultz, professor of political science at Hamlin University, is joining us, and we have so much to talk about. How are you, sir? I am doing great. I'm glad to be on your show with you tonight. I'm so glad to have you, sir. Okay, before we get started with all the questions we may have, I want to ask you about political science. I remember taking a class through the University of Minnesota, um, uh, just one class of political science, and I absolutely loved it. However, I've had discussions about political science with many people over the years I've been here at CCO, and some people have a totally different understanding of the importance of political science and how it's really defined. Can you give us your definition of political science before we start? start the conversation? Well, the classic definition is that political science is all about the study of power. Um, But I'm going to broaden it and say that political science is not only the study of power, but it's also the study of of how we um, allocate power, who has power, what purposes it's used for. It's really all about um, in some sense, um, the study of collective decision-making and who has the authority to do things. I know that sounds like a very, very, um, what, rarefied description, but it's accurate. Uh, what, I, what I teach, what I work with my students, um, is I spend a lot of time talking about who gets to decide what, who at the end of the day gets to make the critical choices um, that affect our society, um, that affect our lives. And that's really about power. That's what political science is. That is the best description, best definition I have ever heard. And believe me, I've read many books about political science, and I'm just about overwhelmed with joy with yours. So thank you for that. So knowing how important it is to our country and to the world, right, um, we are facing some big challenges right now when it comes to understanding politics, understanding political science, understanding what it is that we are supposed to understand about how it all works and how do we get to where we are? Okay, so let's start talking about um, everyone that is talking about the whole FBI um, thing that happened with um, our former president, Donald Trump. And of course, people are saying this was, you know, an egregious sin. They they did something they never should have done to him and it wasn't fair at Mar-a-Lago and that sort of thing. When we start to hear stories like that, I remember this when I was in college for the first time, my first iteration in college. And, you know, we would have conversations. You get together with your friends and go, wow, that, you know, Nixon did such and such and so and so did such and such. But what we're seeing and hearing right now is so egregious um, for what's happening in our country. I mean, this is really important. How do we disperse that information and try to get people to open their minds and understand how serious this is? 
That's a real challenge at this point. I think one of the things that we're seeing now that we didn't see back with Nixon, with Nixon, there was an agreement across political parties um, that that Nixon did something wrong um, and somebody had to get him. I remember watching recently um, an old rerun of a Dick Cavett show. People don't remember Dick Cavett, a great talk show host from back in the 1960s and 70s. And he had Howard Baker on his show, who was a Republican senator. And Dick Cavett's ready to pull his hair out about all the horrible things Nixon was doing. And Howard Baker turns to him and says, don't worry. We're going to get Nixon. Um, And the reason why I tell that story is that there was consensus, Republicans and Democrats, independents, um, that that Nixon did something wrong um, and and he had to pay for it in some way and they were going to cooperate together. We don't see that now. We we live in such, um, um, I don't know what, such atomized or such um, separate worlds that there are a bunch of people out there who are absolutely convinced that the election was stolen. Um, that January 6th was simply uh, perfectly okay, and that um, Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong, and that the search of the Mar-a-Lago um, um, was wrong. And I'm going to come back and say that on all those grounds, there there are serious threats, all those incidents in terms of American democracy. But we probably should talk a little bit about, um, about the search of the Mar-a-Lago. Does that seem appropriate? Yes, please. Good. Okay. So, so keep in mind that first off, no person, including an ex-president, is supposed to be above the law. That if if you or I were suspected of of a crime uh, of doing something, we would be expected to pay the consequences and to obey the law. And moreover, um, if you and I were suspected of a crime, let's say we stole something. I don't know whatever it could be like that. Um, um, what would happen is that the police or the FBI would go to court would have to convince a judge that there is probable cause that if they were to search, let's say, my car or my house or my apartment or whatever, they would find um, fruits of a crime. And so the FBI did the same thing here. They had to go to a judge, had to document and say to them, here is why we think um, we need a search warrant, why we think we may find particular things. They had to list what it is they thought they were going to find, and then a judge had to agree to it. And that's exactly what happened. And the reason why I mention that is that for people who are saying that, well, this is the FBI gone crazy, it's a raid or whatever like that, no. Um, the Constitution was followed. Um, the, the, the FBI had to get the search warrant, had to convince a judge, which is the check. And now what we're hearing um, in the last few days is that the FBI found um, quite a bit of material, including some of the most top secret um, information regarding um, some of our nuclear program and nuclear stuff, of which there is no reason why an ex-president should have possession of those things. And so this is pretty serious stuff because the search warrant, and I read it, it was, it's a made available look at it, where Art was arguing that Donald Trump is potentially being um, investigated for violation of what? the National Espionage Act. This is real serious stuff. So the Espionage Act, get it. What I don't understand, sir, is why treason is not being spoken of. Why, this Isn't this the definition of treason? It potentially is. That's why I'm saying at least initially the warrant 
was was doing espion was doing the Espionage Act. Um, um, it is possible treason because treason and espionage are really very closely related. In fact, in many ways, the Espionage Act um, um, is. Well, treason is defined in the or is laid out in the Constitution. The Espionage Act is really the specific law that that makes uh, uh, tre- treason illegal. So, so we could pra- we could practically use those terms interchangeably um, um, in terms of how ser- in terms of what's what's going on here. Now, just to underscore again for people to realize how serious this is here, is that uh, tre- um, treason is punishable by life in prison. And actually, it is still um, punishable by the death penalty. Although the last time anybody got the death penalty for 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 treason, espionage, or the Rosenbergs back in the the 50s, but I mention this because this is about as serious as it gets. Again, coming back to it, there's no good reason why an ex-president should have. Uh, um, possession of these materials whatsoever. This is the most sensitive, top-secret information um, that the United States has, and one has to wonder, what was Donald Trump going to do with that information? Why did he have it? I have so many more questions for you, sir. Can we take a break? Will you stick with me? Of course. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. It is now 749 here at WCCO. I am excited to have Hamlin University Professor of Political Science, Dr. David Schultz, joining us. And he's joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Okay, sir, as we jump back into this conversation, we know about declassification here in this country. We used to be really clear about when that would happen, how long it would happen, how the presidents would say or who was responsible for telling us, oh, no, we need to make sure we extend those years. Um, here we are looking at a president who's declassified which is uh, fine, of course, many presidents do, Dis- uh, disc- oh, Sorry, um, that are really working to make sure. <laughs> really, I have so much to say, sir, forgive me. Um, I'm just wondering, okay. what does a president need to do to declassify documents that could affect or infect national security? First off, I'll point out a former president can't do it. Once you're no longer president, um, you have no authority um, um, to be able to declassify anything. But if you are the president and you wish to declassify material, there is actually a formal process, a set of formal rules that have to go through, of which you have to then, ident- among other things, you would have to identify what documents or information you wish to declassify um, that has to be put in um, in written form to say that I want to declassify, you know, you know, I don't know, documents A through X or covering whatever subject matter, et cetera, et cetera. And it has to go through a series of processes and procedures before you do that. To the best of our knowledge, there is absolutely no indication that the documents that Donald Trump had in his possession at the Mar-a-Lago um, had been declassified by him. Now, he's claiming and saying that, well, um, um, I declassified them. If there's no written record, no written proof for that, um, um, then they haven't been declassified. And I also heard about over the weekend that his attorney, Rudy Giuliani, said, well, he was keeping those documents there for safekeeping. No, he doesn't own those documents. They're not his. That's not a place for safekeeping in a what um, in some room um, in the Mar-a-Lago. So if we know that this is wrong, why 
why haven't we acted differently? Uh, maybe there had been a stronger way of making sure that Americans knew we are going to protect our, our country. We're going to protect all of our laws. We're going to make sure that a former president does not get to do this. But that's not the rally cry. That's not what I'm hearing. You're absolutely correct, and, and that's the part that's really interesting about it. So first off, um, the president had, had taken these documents. The Justice Department realized that documents were missing earlier this year. One of his attorneys said, no, we returned all the documents. We don't have any more in possession. Um, and then the Justice Department looked at it and said, nah, we don't agree. We think there's still more out there. This is part of a longer investigation of which we still don't have all the details on of what's going on. I just mentioned this because... What they did is they said to him, we want these documents, return them, et cetera, et cetera, um, and he didn't. And, and, and what's happening now, and this is the part that everybody should be cheering about, and it's not, is the fact that what? We're telling an ex-president, you are subject to the same laws, the same search and seizure requirements that any other citizen in the United States um, would be faced with if they were suspected of a crime also, too. Um, and that's the part that that you think ought to be embraced. You would think that uh, people would be saying, yes, yes, um, nobody is high and mighty enough to stand above the law. But instead, we're seeing all types of apologists um, ranging anywhere from what Senator Lindsey Graham, Rudy Giuliani, to so many of his supporters just simply saying uh, uh, the, the, the FBI was wrong. I think the FBI and Justice Department would have been wrong if they let him have a free pass on this. Didn't we know about this earlier, though? I remember a lot was happening at Mar-a-Lago. I remember when they were um, talking about um, really important things that were about to happen, and um, you had some people from other countries. I don't know if you remember that, but um, uh-huh, I'm just curious uh-huh. to know if he was already doing this, and we knew he was doing this, but nothing was done. I suspect, yes, because remember, he made the Mar-a-Lago kind of what the alternative White House, right. and we suspect that he probably brought information there. We as taxpayers paid a phenomenal amount of money for security there, for secret service there. And so I suspect there was suspicions that that the FBI suspected all this, which is why they've been keying in on on the search and making a request there. But yeah, I suspect he moved a lot of stuff there even while he was still president. Mm. All right. Then finally, I remember when President Obama, um, they found in oh, what country was it in? Uh, I think it was a Middle Middle East country, if I'm not mistaken, but outside behind a garbage can. Do you remember when they found his schedule? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's not good because you're not supposed to have that kind of stuff um, 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 let's say easily accessible. Now, I know oftentimes at the end of the day, or eventually, they pre- they publish presidential schedules like who's visited the White House and so forth, so forth. But all this is treated as what um, um, as security issues because let's be frank here: there are crazy people out there, and they're worried about protecting the president of the United States. They're worried about protecting America's national interest and national security, and so you just can't let information like this. Um, um, filter out like a laundry list or or a or a I don't know a grocery list or something like that. Right, exactly, sir. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you joined us tonight. I have so many other questions and we've run out of time, but I do want to hear one last thing from you. If there was one thing this country should do to make sure this never happens again, what would that be? 
Well, the most important thing, I think, is electing individuals to office who have a respect for, for rule of law and who care about American democracy. Well said. I will be hopeful <laughs> in this moment. I, I will be hopeful. Let's just keep working towards it. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. David Schultz. My pleasure. And have me on again soon. I hope so. Thank you, sir. All right, everyone. Uh, Just remember what he said. Remember the words. If you have to go back to the podcast when it's up and take a listen to it again, just remember some of the key things that he said, because I know I will. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.